When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Baby, what a catch! Kenny Galladay, you're a freak! What a catch! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! I love the Lions! Say it with me! I love the Lions! Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And, uh, we are here for another Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Um, had another tough game this Sunday, but I got my buddy Grifka here. Grifka, what's going on? And just, uh, not even really focusing on that game, putting it behind us, uh, looking towards next week and just, uh, had a Merry Christmas. So that's what I'm more focused on. <laughs> okay, when we can say we're moving on to whatever the next team is, but it's after a dub. Yeah, saying like, uh, let's put this behind us just because we're so ashamed to talk about it. But like you say, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I've got to talk about our Lions and got one more football game left to play. But before we get to that, we're going to re- review this Vikings game and talk about some other things. Grifka, I have no news and notes, no injuries. I feel like we're speaking of no big updates. You got anything for me? Uh, not really. I think it's like a lot of stuff coming out of Allen Park right now. It's just it's the end of the season and. Not a whole lot's going on, you know. The team's not going anywhere this year, so finding any decent news or hearing any decent news coming out, other than you know, listen, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, after his press conference was like gingerly walking through and had to bend over and pick up a bottle cap to his water, and he looked like an 85-year-old man doing it. So, you know, uh, we, we all know the injury status of the people, and we can all debate on what happened with the offense, you know, and why it's you know missing guys, but. Like I said, not too much news coming out of Allen Park right now. I think everybody's just waiting to clean out their lockers. I guess there, <laughs> I guess there was a report, Grifka, about um, broken bones in his back. Like, did you hear that? What do you think about that? No, I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, it was like one of those, like either anonymous or kind of on the sly reports, probably by your boy Dave Burkett about how there was uh, there's broken bones or a fractured something in his back, and I'm like. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just, it didn't have much behind it. It just seemed like, I mean, the guy's probably hurt, but I mean, if he had a fractured back of some sort and he's still running out there, that's just not smart. Well, you know, maybe he's trying to keep his uh, game streak started, you know, uh, intact. He's trying to keep <laughs> no, that intact. Nobody, no, nobody cares about that when you play the way this guy's been playing. I mean, uh, 
nobody wants you to keep your streak and throw for 120 yards a game and no touchdowns. I mean, I might as well put Theo Riddick back there. He could probably do that. But anyway, so I saw that report. Now, you brought up something with news coming out of Allen Park. So probably the funniest thing I've seen regarding our Lions is uh, the last couple times that, again, your boy Dave Burkett and the other moron from ESPN tried to ask Matt Pat about – um, what what his best Christmas gift is, or if he had a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and, I mean, give me your quick take, Griff, if you think it's funny or, like, annoying or cool or frustrating how Matt Pat just looks at these guys and goes, um, okay, you got any question about the Vikings? Or, hey, you know, you want to talk about Buffalo? Like, he doesn't even want to entertain these guys nonsense. Well, I guess the biggest thing is, like, nobody wants to ask you about your crappy team, Matt Pat. And, um, sorry, you're not the Patriots that are always fighting for the playoffs. So, yeah, when they're focusing on the next game, trying to fight for, you know, the number one, number two seed, everybody knows this team's a dog team. So, yeah, they, they care more about, you know, you getting what you got for Christmas or, like, what's your favorite Christmas present. Or n- nobody wants to hear about, oh, ask me about the Vikings. Okay, you know, t- t- here, here's, a, here's a question for you, Matt, Pat. How come you couldn't guard Kyle Rudolph? Did, did you didn't think you want to play any reindeer games or something like that? Or are you just going to leave that guy open all game? You know, okay. How about that? Or, you know, so wait, if somebody asked you that question, you would just snap at them because they weren't sitting up straight and their hair was messed up. So uh, whatever. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about, you know, you know, watching your team get their teeth kicked in again. And you want, you'll give them some, you know, half-baked answer like your Bill Belichick. So, uh, okay. Yeah, let's, uh, no, I, I find it utterly stupid for him to like chastise him over that. Okay. <laughs> early uh early Grifka rant and if the people are wondering i'm recording from a different location today so i don't have the Grifka bell otherwise we had at least three or four there for a couple good Grifka okays and a few other uh, classics <laughs> he threw in there but uh here's my take on a Grifka. these guys think like they'll ask all these questions and he'll give them these you know coach speak type answers and so they think they're going to slide something like cordial in like oh how was your christmas coach and, like, I think Call will entertain that or always, you know, let me tell you a story. Or he'd, you know, talk about his grandkids or something. And, like, I don't know. They just don't get it that this guy is trying to, like, redo this organization. He's trying to get this team going the right way. He's, like, real focused. He doesn't want to joke with these guys. Or, like, remember when he came in off, uh, you know, as the coach and everybody's like, man, this guy's so affable. He's so, per- he's got such a good personality. He asked the beat writers what they like to do at the, at the owner's luncheon or whatever. It's like, I think he's pretty focused that like maybe in the off season, he'll give you some personality and some fun type answers and whatnot. But like when you're having a season like this and when you're brand new and when there's just no time for any of this foolishness and these guys think it's a, it's like an olive branch they offer him by asking something stupid like that. And then when he shuns him, then they write articles. Oh, you know, Matt Pat, not looking too happy or not in a good mood over the Lions record. It's just like, oh, come on. Well, you can't win either way with these well, guys. Well, like I said, if it was something that this team was fighting for something, you know, you know, they needed these games to, you know, either get in the playoffs or like, you know, win the division. Yeah, then I can understand that. But nobody wants to hear about how, you know, somebody you know some backups backups got injured because your other guys are terrible you know it's i, I don't want so what's yeah he so to do, i can though? understand he's supposed to joke it's around that point in the year. what's that he's supposed, to, he's supposed to go from like pissed off and annoyed that his team's not playing well to like well let me tell you a story about christmas and my 
uh, you know, did this at our uh, family party or, hey, I got this no, present. I, mean, I really want to like, tell you guys hey, about it. Hey, coach, how was you? Hey, coach, how was your Christmas? It was nice. And next question. You know, don't just like, uh, 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 tell me, ask me about Minnesota. Uh, ask me about Green Bay. Uh, no, I mean, just, you know what? You're going to go up to Green Bay. You're going to get your teeth kicked in. Ne- next question. You know, you might as well have just like a five-minute conversation. Those reporters are supposed to be there to do their jobs and, you know, ask you like what this. Yeah, and your job's not to ask like personal randomness about like, hey, coach, what did you have for breakfast today? Like, he wants football questions and. Anyway, we don't want to. We don't need to go round and round about this, Griffith. But I think we're on different pages where you want to, you know, just you know, win something first before he can do anything. And I'm just like, I like that he shut him down, saying like, there's more important things than to joke around about my day right now. I got a lot of work to do. You can be Bill Belichick when you win, like Bill Belichick. Until that point, you're just you're or right now. You're just coming off looking like a fool. That's what I think. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's a fool at all. I think that you know, everybody is so down and uh doesn't see any of the things that are are good, but like you say, I hope when he wins too that he just says, "Hey, you know, anybody got any football questions?" and then the off season like if you want to ask me what I did on vacation, maybe I'll tell you, but not uh not mid-year when he's or end of year or beginning of the year whenever when he's when he's in game mode so anyway Grifka, unfortunately do we want to talk about this vikings game i'm sure you're ready yeah. to just break this one down fully right yeah i mean um yeah we, we can talk about it for a little bit even though i already gave a, a little tirade about that game yeah exactly even started talking packers which we'll get to on friday but uh so Grifka, here's my quick hits we played good to start Matt Stafford looked okay to decent throwing the ball when they let him early on, especially to Kenny Boyd, Kenny Galladay doing Kenny Galladay things early on. Then there was a Hail Mary that we looked like absolute fools on. Uh, the game's over. There you go. That was the game. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, at least they put no, That the... was it. There's nothing else to talk about. Yeah, I mean, for some odd reason, like the uh, I, I know you always like to say every team is different. You know, from year to year, every team is different. The year before does not affect the this year's team. Yep. But once again, as we've said it before, Lions cannot guard tight ends. No matter what year it is or who it is, they have difficulty guarding tight ends. And and then, once again, they gave up another Hail Mary play. I mean, that was like probably one of the most poorly defensed ones I've ever seen, to be honest with you. I mean, Kyle Rudolph standing there, and I mean, who was in front of him? I was at the – I can't remember who was in front of him. But um, the guy, one of the taller defensive backs, you know, Shed is standing on the back of the end zone. I mean, behind him, you know, three yards behind him. Well, that's a good spot for it. Um, so uh, it's just another one of those poorly defended ones. I'm surprised they didn't put Ziggy out there to put him on the sideline in case they try to do the pitch around and stuff like that. But pass back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, things it's, of that nature. I, I, after that play, I really wanted to text you that so Lions. But then you would have got mad at me, and oh, you know, and I, you would have ruined my Christmas if you did that. No doubt it was, about it. But. but those those plays right there, like not guarding the tight end and giving up another hail mary, that's that's so Lions right there. You're right. I mean, they looked really good early on, and then for some odd reason, you know, uh, they just I, I don't know if they said, hey, we're like once again playing for the draft pick, but I, I don't know. I mean, I still don't think Kirk Cousins is all that good a quarterback. I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I just think he gets a lot of love because he went to Michigan. A lot of people around him give him love because he went to Michigan State. But I, I he's don't not think that, he's that good. Uh, 
He's not that fill in the blank, Grifka. He's not that great. You know what I said? Oh, man. You know how many times I said not... that to myself? I mean, yeah, like I said, any quarterback any quarterback in the pros can make plays when you're just standing back there and there's like no pass rush and oh. uh, I don't know. I'm just cringing right now because I'm missing the bell. We we gotta we'll have the bell back on uh, on um, for future shows. But uh, so maybe so you used it so I... much it's out of service. You had to put it on IR. <laughs> yeah, we we have a backup bell just in case the uh, first bell gets injured. But uh, so so let's break down this a little bit. So I'm sitting there with my family. Like I'm down. I beginning of the game. I barely got home from. Uh, from from church and I'm, I'm coming back barely get down for kickoff i'm at my grandparents with some other family there i'm like all right let me go down and sort of watch this game got you know fantasy football going in the championship which i won Grifka two leagues chalk it up give me some more uh, some more hardware but uh so i'm down there keeping up on the fantasy football but i'm like all right let me watch this lions game like i said they get clicking and uh playing pretty good even like you know, thought they would have the lead at halftime, so I go upstairs where my family is, and I, I had this Lions polo kind of tucked away, two of them actually, that I bought for my grandpa, who like never wears Lions anything, but he's been rocking these golf shirts recently, so I was like, oh man, it'd be cool to get him like a Nike dry fit, something real comfortable for him in the summertime, so I was like, oh, I'll get him a Lions when he can think of me, so I go upstairs, I'm like, hey grandpa, I got these for you kind of like an early uh, Christmas gift surprise. So I give it to him. He's like, oh, those are so nice. He'll probably never wear them. But uh, <laughs> he, he, he's like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, hey, you know, we should uh, try it on or, or come out and watch the second half with me. Lions are ahead playing good. And so he kind of comes and sits down. He's not a big fan, but he'll watch a game with me here or there. And he's sitting out there, and then my uncle shows up and a couple other people. And so we're upstairs as the first half is ending. I'm just kind of watching and chatting or whatever because, like I said, there's nothing online. Game doesn't mean anything. And we chucks up. First of all, like, am I wrong that, like, the play before, like, they threw a pass and, like, some – was it Rudolph or Diggs or somebody didn't get out of bounds and it it was, like, a crucial error, but they had a timeout left, so they called timeout with three seconds. I have that right? Yeah, Rudolph didn't get out of bounds. He, uh, he um, instead of – when that, he caught the like, ball, oh, good, he turned, the he turned up field. As opposed to yeah. making a beeline right for the uh, the uh, sideline, and they were yeah, questioning so that. So like, good. oh, he didn't get out. And it, it was like two seconds or whatever is what was left or something. So right, and I saw where they were on the field. And, oh, good, the half will be over, no big deal. And I saw they called timeout. I was like, ah, oh, you know, they'll just chuck one up, no big deal. So they they go back, they throw the old ball up in the air, and like, of course, my my brain is saying. There's just no way, you know, the, this doesn't happen to any other NFL team. And as you noted in the open, Grifka, it was the easiest, the least defense, the most frustrating Hail Mary I've ever seen in my life. It felt like they just stood there. The ball fell in his lap. All of our guys stood on it. I think one guy jumped, but he was like three, four yards behind the place. So like no one around the football jumped. He just kind of caught the ball. And my uncle looks at me and just laughs, and he can see the like annoyance on my face. Like, sorry, Mister D. That's as he calls me, and I'm just like, I'm like, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> like, I was just, I don't know. I was just so mad. I didn't even have really words. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, one of those moments. Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I was just, I, I wasn't even angry. I just like shook my head and thought to myself, that's so lions. 
I mean, that is that is so Lions right there. I mean, like you said, those guys didn't even move. The tallest defensive back, the tallest defensive back they had on their shed, he's like guarding the back of the end zone. It's like, dude, if anything gets behind you, it's out of bounds. Why are you hugging the back line? I mean, I couldn't understand that. And then the ball comes down, and he like, you know, you know, sometimes when you try to make a quick move up front, and you're like knee buckles on you, and you kind of mm-hmm. you stumble a time. He like did that. It like wasn't even smooth. It was just like his knee gave out a little bit, and he like, and he, he couldn't even go up to even make a play. And then, you know, Kyle Rudolph, I I saw an interview with him after the game. Said, you know, pretty much said it wasn't all that difficult. <laughs> it's just like no. I mean, if no, you read between the lines, that's what he said. That. Yeah, it's not that hard. It wasn't that hard. It was just like <laughs> he like he wasn't even fighting for it. It was almost just kind of like when you're in the backyard with your buddy, throwing the ball as far as far up in the air as you can, and your friend your friend just like stands there and waits for it to come down. I mean, it was almost kind of like that. It was like, well, it wasn't even that tough. You know? that's, that's that's not your buddy's Griffith. That's when you go out there with, like, your three-year-old brother and you're in college and you throw it up and just snatch it over his head. That's what it felt like. I mean, you said Deshaun Shev was on the back line. I want to say he was the guy that just kind of was half-hugging Rudolph, even though he, he didn't make any play on the ball. They said Kenny Galladay was out there. I don't even remember seeing him. Like, he wasn't he was He was playing the like, sideline 15 yards upfield. <laughs> Jim Caldwell called that one in. Hey, Kenny, guard the sideline in case they do that pass back and forth kind of thing. Oh, my God. Like, like, like you said, normally on a normal show, Grifka, if I had uh, – this team's taking my energy here at the end of the year, even though I'm hype about 2019, I'd be hollering at you for that same old Lions garbage you're throwing out or just this lack of caring. But like you said, there's nothing to – there's been nothing to play for for weeks. We have no fun guys to watch on the football field. Me and my buddies are going like, what, what's there to get excited about this Sunday? We can't watch carry on. You know, we don't have Marvin. We got, like, a few defensive guys, but even some of those guys are dinged up. Like, there's nothing to – there's nothing to turn tune in on Sunday for these days. And so, like, you're kind of rooting, but you're also, like, at the end of this game, I guarantee you, like, lots of people were just like – you know, what a joke the game was, but hey, we're picking in the top five. Like, that's all you really had as a half a bonus at the end of the game. Other than that, it was just one of the most garbage football games you could ever watch. Right. And like you said, there's not a whole lot to break down at the offense. I mean, we can, we can, you know, bang our head against the wall and talk about the same problems that the offense is having, you know. I mean, I don't know how many times you saw it, that third and nine, third and eight, and they run something really short or, you know, just throw it out to the flat and it, I don't know. I don't know why they kept, you know, LeGarrette Blunt looks like he checked out probably three weeks ago. Did he, did he even look like he cared in that game? I mean, really. Did... He just he just can't, like, he's trying his old move his feet um, at the line of scrimmage, and he just moves sideways, and the guys just knock him back two yards. I yeah, mean, I mean. I don't know what he's doing, and then every once in a while he'll, bark, he'll break like a 12-yarder, and, you know, like, get excited. But other than that, he's garbage. Right, you know, passing to him out of the, I mean, the ball was hitting him right in the hands, and, and I think one of the times it was a little high, and even the announcer was like, "Yeah, ball was thrown a little high." It was just like, still. I mean, just let's let's not you know give him the benefit of the doubt on that. That thing was like, it was like, don't get me wrong, it was like right above his head, and he's, he wasn't even really stretched out that much, you know, to get it running that little crossing pattern. And he just like just you know hit his hands and he just dropped it. And yeah, it was one of those things. Where, I'm done with. Go ahead. I'm done with this. Like. Uh... Like you mentioned, the um, sitting at home, third and nine, being like, draw, screen, you know, these little throws. To, like, are you with me that, I mean, I'm ready to move on from Theo Riddick. Like, 
I I don't I don't I like his catching ability, but he hasn't made any plays. I don't feel like this year. I mean, he just he's there so they can throw the third long check down and never going to get it. I mean, there was one play where he he pulled his classic spin move. He didn't even have to, and it cost <laughs> us like a first down or a touchdown or something. I can't remember. I was yelling at the TV like, why every play are you setting up for the stanky dead dead leg that he does or the damn spin move? Just get up field. Oh, so I I'm right there with you. Like some of these third down calls are you just don't see them in the NFL. You know, you don't see this kind of stuff and you don't you can't call it out before the snap like you can with the Lions. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I mean, one thing I do want to talk about in this game that I did find very interesting and I know I wish you had your bell right now because we talked about this before was um <laughs> was uh your boy Ricky Jean going off after the game talking about how, you know, it doesn't seem like everybody's bought, you know, bought in and, um, you know, you have to get, you have to get the guys out of here that don't want to be here. And it's one of those things like how many people are there though? I mean, cause he made it sound like it was more than just one or two in his rant. I mean, I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard his rant, but it sounded like it was, it was a whole lot of people. And then like, cause then afterwards, like later I did, I did read later people are coming to the, you know, it's like, no, no, we're believing, we're believing, we're believing. I mean, are you? I mean, you guys have looked like dead fish the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, and that Minnesota game was just terrible. And I know I, it comes back to, you know, once again, it, depending on how many it is, I mean, you can't you can't fire all the players, you know, uh, you, you have to fire the coach. So I, I'm not that's not what I'm that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, like, how many is it if Ricky Jean's out there saying, you know, not everybody's buying in? I mean, yeah, you can get away with one or two guys not buying in and kind of cover them, but if you're, like, looking at half your defense or half your offense not buying into it, I, I don't know. That's that's all I'm thinking right there. I mean, I, I appreciate his rant. You're gonna, I really appreciated his rant, you know, was, so. You're going to set me up for a rant right here, Griffka, even with my uh, somewhat low energy today on this podcast. But my uh, – a buddy or two reached out to me and said, hey, did you hear Ricky Jean again? And their their take, which I kind of agreed with, was, did you hear Ricky Jean again? You know what I mean? Because it was kind of like every week this guy is and going on after the game, and it's like I don't know if that's the greatest thing ever because he's this big leader or if it's like, all right, enough already. Like we're sick of hearing you. Like we get it. Like there's not enough good talent and and not enough people bought in. Like we heard you the first three times. So like, here's my thing though. When you start saying, Oh, it's the coach. I mean, it's, you can't fire the players. It must be the coach's fault. Like, do you want me to go on my rant again, Grifka, about how all these players, even the good ones that we have here have been so coddled and so like kind of, the Detroit Lions country club that they finally get a guy that's won some huge games and part of some Super Bowl championships, been part of all this stuff that wants to whip them in shape. And what do they do? They just complain about it. They just bitch about it all day. It's like, you know, to me, that has nothing to do with the coach. That has to do with this organizational structure and these guys that have just been sitting around the country club twiddling their fingers. No wonder we lose all the time. You know what I mean? I think that's exactly what it comes down to. So I have no thought of like, oh, it's the coach's fault. You know, are they going to buy in next year? It's just to me, it's weed out everybody that can't, doesn't want to be here and start getting some grinders because, you know, players, you know, 
they might just be getting by on talent, but if they've just always been coasting and now they're getting pushed and don't are complaining behind the scenes, I mean, let's get rid of some of them too then. Like, this is a one thing that's proven to work. You know, it's a proven method. It's not some fly-by-night that, oh, we had a couple good seasons down in uh, Tampa or Jacksonville. It's just like proven guy, proven defensive coordinator, proven winner with an organization and all we got is a bunch of complainers and weak people on this team you know i want to keep the tough guys but i think ricky jean's got his point across we get it you know yeah i i agree with you i mean it comes to a point where once again it's just one guy complaining one guy complaining because he seems to be the guy that uh is the one doing it like i said i, I just like to listen to it though because it does show a little bit of fire but it, obviously he hasn't uh yeah, I guess, you know, throwing his hands up in the air and saying, you know, no big deal or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? He's, he still cares because, I don't know, like you said, early in the year you were just kind of wondering about some guys that had been here for a little bit, you know, because they weren't saying anything. And it, it made you kind of wonder. And even when they got questioned about it, they seemed to him and haw before their answer and, you know, came mm-hmm. through. And, you know, I, I think me and you were thinking about the same guy, and that's, you know, a guy who's still – you know, kind of under contract, but probably be gone next year. And that's Glover Quinn, not blaming Glover, loved what he did, you know, for this team. But um, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I remember earlier in the year, you said it on a prior podcast, you got asked a couple of questions and he seemed to really hesitate before, before coming up with this answer. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying he, maybe that's just the way he is, you know, I, I don't know, but uh, to say, uh to say he's not one of those guys that, you know, got used to the country club mentality around this place. And, you know, when somebody came and, you know, started, you know, cracking the whip, he, he didn't like it, but I'm not saying that that's what it is or not, you know, but I, I don't know. Right. And the, the, the other guy I threw in, like, so coming in this year, like Glover Quinn was one of our leaders on defense, like throw another name in, which again, this is a guy I support and think that there's not a reason if he's healthy and has, you know, some players on, on his side, he can't have a bounce back year and, and still be good. But, I feel like Stafford's that way on the offensive side of the ball. He's supposed to be the leader in the front guy, touches the ball every play. I haven't heard one interview where he really comes out and supports his coach or talks highly. He just kind of says, oh, he's intense, and, oh, I kind of respect what he's done. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, I feel like Stafford's a hard worker, but I don't feel like he's a guy that when challenged or when in the clutch moments is really – you know, that guy that really wants to step up and be the front man. He, like, does it to do it, but I think that he was used to, too, kind of just going along his business, doing what he does, not getting yelled at, not getting challenged, and here it is. And so he's – I don't think he's a big fan either. But So you got your two leaders on each side of the ball that are veteran guys that are on the back half of their career that aren't fully – fully in or would it kill you to come out and just not only support your coach but be like real excited about the future instead of just kind of going about the same old empty answers we've heard so anyway I uh I think that's a good point you bring up about what Ricky Jean said there's a lot to read into it both is it is it Ricky Jean you know is it other players is it you know is this can this get turned around but again I just wanted to harp on that that especially after year one, bring in new everything. I couldn't really say it's the coach. I feel like the players are the the issue, not only the talent level, but just the attitudes. Like, hey, you know, there's lots of other teams in the NFL grinding away. You know, I'm sorry you have to work, run a few extra laps and do a few things differently. But 
trying to win some games here would be nice down the road. Yeah, like you said, it could be one of those things where they got used to the country club mentality, and it's just like, oh, if we weren't running all this, you know, practicing out in the snow, we, you know, we we'd be somewhere else. Which I, I don't, I can't justify that because I figure after the season's complete, me and you will probably do a couple shows where we actually go through and break down, you know, everything and really say, mm-hmm. you know what we saw, what we think, you know, what needs to change next year. Because right now, just putting a, you know, broad stroke, oh, yeah, we need a pass rush. Oh, yeah, we need uh, more help in the defensive backfield. Yeah, we know that. I think everybody's watched the games know that. But if we, like, really break down on what happened, you know, more so than injuries. Well, yeah, every team has injuries. And, you know, where where was the drop-off at? You know, how it must have been a much worse drop-off in the replacement than, what we originally thought, because I know early in the early this year, we both thought we had some pretty good depth, but that's that just did not seem to pan out this year. Griffco, you know what we'll have to do? We've talked about some things offline before shows and whatnot, but you know, out there, I mean, obviously we're super disappointed about the season. Like it's hard getting through these reviews when there's not really any bright spots for the most part to talk about but when this calendar flips over when our lines are picking and we know they got some cap space you know me and Griffco will be ready to roll so Griffco you know what we need to do is we need to like you said go down through like we did and break down the rosters but like we need to find a way to make you a GM and me a GM and really cut this roster there's some websites where you can actually cut the roster and get rid of guys and see how much money you have and then like when free agency opens sort of like pick guys that we would want the Lions to sign. And then even if the Lions don't sign them, whoever they sign with that amount comes off your open money that you free up and kind of see what team we could build. If we had, uh, we had our choices because like you say, I know every year we always have our targets, our people we want. And when they don't do it, you know, we kind of just sit there and sometimes shake our head and sometimes we're proven wrong, but it'd be a fun exercise to sort of see who we'd be willing to get rid of, how much money we could save and who, we'd get if we had uh, our choice of things. Yeah. And like, like we had talked, I mean, I'm, I'm reading things like now it's already starting to pop out, you know, what the, what the lines will have for salary cap next year, you know, who will be, you know, who, who we know for sure who's coming off the books, but, and, you know, certain guys, you know, if they release them, you know, what they would be at. And I realize always, there's a lot of people calling for the quarterback, you know, to get rid of him, but, that that was just a massive, massive hit right there. I mean, even if you went out and just drafted your quarterback in the future, because, you know, we can talk about this later, but I've seen those sites too. It's just like, go and draft your quarterback for the future now. you got to start thinking beyond and just, you know, get rid of Stafford. That, you know, if you want you want to see Lions fans disappointed again, you know, go ahead and do that. I mean, you, I think if you were to do that, I think you'd be looking at a worse year than what they had this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, just spitballing at you. Like I said, we can we can break all this down later, but – yeah. Does, yeah, yeah, we'll have to. There's been lots to talk about it, but I mean, the the we went over it before. The the harsh reality is probably two years minimum of Stafford and and in two seconds is that if he has a bounce back here next year, you just roll with this guy. I mean, I think he's 32, 33. It's not like he's in his mid to upper 30s. The guy has yeah. quite a few more years if he can get himself turned around and if the offense can get turned around. But if he comes out and plays like absolute garbage we get a bunch of injuries and he gets dinged up again and we lose a bunch of games I think it's that's the point even with the 20 million dollar hit you probably look to draft and move on but you know 
it's all going to be told in 2019. Like, there's nothing they're doing right now. I mean, it would be not only a shocker, but you couldn't build a team if they were to move on. People don't want to look at the dollars and cents or the, all the things going around it. They just, you know, are frustrated to get them out of here, which yeah. that's just not how the league works. Griff, I have one other discussion, and then, you know, we uh, – We'll probably just shut Here, the show I just, down. But yeah, I, I want to. I just before you do that, I just want to piggyback on your your Stafford comment. If he has a bounce back year, and uh, and don't get me wrong, this this comparison, I'm not calling Matt Stafford this guy by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm not. I just remember years ago when I still did fantasy football. Um, the league I was in, we had we had 16 rounds of, of draft for for the number of positions that you took. How it was broke down, and I remember the year before. Was it John Elway had like eleven touchdowns, eighteen interceptions, and he had been, you know he had been in the league for a while, and it was one of those things where people started questioning, you know, has he lost it? Has he, you know, not done this? Has he not done that? And as the draft was unfolding, I didn't take my quarterback yet. I stocked up on running backs and wide receivers, you know, the old way of doing it, where you needed a running back to actually win fantasy football. So everybody else is like taking all these quarterbacks and stuff. I got John. I I picked every. This is no lie. I picked every other position I needed defense kickers everything before I went to quarterback because everybody everybody else filled their quarterbacks and nobody took John Elway I took John Elway in the 15th round and I can't remember who my backup was I ended up winning the league because I had Emmett Smith and Curtis Martin and Terrell Davis at my running backs and I had John Elway as my quarterback and everybody's like oh wow that was a great pick I'm just like but I was reading I saw the same articles you know that you were is you know people talk about Stafford is he done you know he's banged up he's been around for a while look at his numbers and it was you know John Elway had 11 touchdowns 18 interceptions but he had he was he was injury riddled and Broncos weren't that great he had a bounce back year I mean could Stafford do that next year if if it comes back where he's back throwing 4,000 yards again you know has 30 touchdowns you know and 12 13 interceptions people are going to be like oh that's great that's awesome so it's it's possible that he can bounce back and do it again I mean we've seen in the past I don't think he's I don't think he's at the bottom of the hill yet I guess is what I'm I'm trying to say he's I don't think he's done yet you know give him the right offensive coordinator give him an offensive line that can block for him you know you know carry on stays you know running the ball like he did early on this year yeah he, he could have another one of those years yeah I'm, I'm actually glad you brought all that up Griff because uh, I loved your even though you relate it to fantasy football, to me it's it's sort of similar. Like if the Lions go out defense and add one or two skill guys in the right spots that are actual chain movers, touchdown makers type of guys. I mean, I think as we look at this record and we look at the way they've played, it's it's not really indicative of what they could be next year. So I think your example is great. Like you loaded up on talent in your fantasy draft and then added a quarterback that people thought was at or below average and ends up being above average and look at what it got you. I mean, I could see that same thing for this team. So I think, I think you bring up a great point. I think we're all kind of prisoners of the moment of just being fresh. I mean, what 31, 32 years old, He's been playing quarterback since he's knee high. I mean, can still throw it all over the yard when they let him. Um, and now supposedly has, what they're trying to make is a run game or a better offense, you know, over in general, which it's, it's probably going to take a little bit of an overhaul from the coaching, but um, you know, uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm glad you brought that up. That was a nice take by you. And, and it kind of leads me into this last discussion point I wanted to bring up was like, 
I feel like we talked about it in previous weeks, but any clue why this offense seems to what I call turtle at certain points in the game? It feels like we come out doing certain things, you know, with the run game, the pass game's working, whatever it may be, or we start slow, but then we get it cooking. And then it feels like they just they just shut the show down. They're just like, oh, just go into, you know, conservative turtle mode. They don't want to open it up. And then the game, these games just get away from us because we just don't stick with what's working. Like, was there any reason to sort of get away from Kenny Galladay this last game? He was eating up Xavier Rhodes in the beginning. I mean, then we just – he has 50 yards in, what, the first quarter and a half. And then I don't know what he ended with, like 80 maybe. But it just felt like they got away from him. And then, you know, they're not – they just don't have any other ball players. But we just – I could tell from the second or, or after halftime we weren't going to do anything in that game offensively. Yeah, uh, speaking of the Minnesota game, I don't know if they changed up the coverage to put more people on Galladay, realizing there's no other decent wide receiver out there. But like you said, this happens more than more than a lot of other games. More than more often than not, like you every, said, they every week they uh, like. It was just one of those things. I don't know, since they were playing decent early on, you know, if they think, oh, we'll let our defense handle this, and if we don't turn the ball over, you know, we'll win this. Our defense has this. And I don't know. It's just I don't know if it's the head coach or the offense coordinator. But, you know. they got to get that fixed, though, because, like, in the beginning of the game, what they have, like, the Vikes had three, four drives where they gained a total of five yards. I mean, we have to get it through our thick skulls that it's – when you have games like that, that's sort of the time, too, to put the pedal to the metal on offense, not say, oh, our defense is playing good, so we'll win this game 10-3. to 3. How about go out and score some points for once? Well, I think they do that more often than not when they get within Prater's field, within the kicker's field goal range. It seems they do that, and then it's like, okay, don't turn the ball over, we'll just take the three points. It, that's... <laughs> It just seems that that's way. not going to win in the NFL these days. Well, man. that's it's what I mean. That's, was I think who's who's called who's the color man this week? Was it Moose Johnson? And he just said he's just like even even he said he goes Detroit's dominating this game right now, but you know they're only up six nothing. Detroit's dominating this game right now, but they're only up nine nothing. And then they just <laughs> they just they do, he goes he goes those field goals those are going to come back and hurt you. And because you're right, they they don't they just don't seem to go for the jugular. It just always seems like, okay, we got this. So, okay, this this would be a 40-yarder for Prater, so we'll just kind of run up the middle or try to run like a little dump pass to the outside or, you know, just, you know, not, everything's safe so we don't turn the ball over. And that's where other teams are like, fine, go ahead. We'll run a go route or we'll run a post route. We'll do something where we'll score the touchdown and you guys settle for your three points. It's just – and that, that's what happened. So pathetic for Matt Stafford having like what nineteen touchdowns, and I think for the last handful of weeks he can't even get over the two hundred yard mark passing. Like, are you kidding me? But Griffka, the whole time you were talking, like I sort of agree with what you're saying, yada yada yada. But all I could think of is, why did you let Moose borrow your Christmas blazer? He asked, and you know what? I have I have I have a lot of respect for him the way he played the game, <laughs> and he calls he calls a he calls a good game. So he, he's even when he calls like um you know. Uh, because it seems like a lot of teams, like a lot of color men, when they played in the <laughs> NFC, they they always they always kind of bash lines like like that barber guy is not it's not Tiki Ronde Barber no matter what. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not talking like when he calls a 
Buccaneers Lions games. I'm talking when he calls whoever Lions games. He just he's just always on the jock of the other team. It's like, yeah, Rondé. I realize you played against the Lions a few times, and like, I'm assuming Barry Sanders made you look really bad. You know, but get over it. You know, every other team that that the Lions playing isn't you know the early '90s Cowboys or you know the '80s Niners or the '70s Steelers. It's just, I mean, he just makes them sound like they're like the Lions are playing some you know formidable foe that like everybody on that team is just like an all pro and stuff. It's just like. You know, okay, calm down there, Rondé Barber, and he's one of those guys that does that. And I just always like, shut up. You know, I I, I can't even stand listening to him. You know, and he's he's guy that always gets names wrong too. It's just like, yeah, okay, man, shut up. Griffco, let's get back to the matter of hand, not your Rondé Barber rant, but why why'd you give Moose your your Christmas coat with, that you made out of your uh, your wife's uh, Christmas uh, table cover? I mean, uh, did you see that thing? The the red. Yeah, I saw it. With the, with the Christmas trees, I mean that's something out of your closet, isn't it? Yeah, I told you I have a lot of respect for the man. I, I he asked for it, I said okay, go ahead, you'll be in town. You call a good game, there you go. No, if Rondé right. Barber were to ask for it, I would have told him to, like take a flying leap, go get your Buccaneers coat or whatever you you want. Oh man, uh, so Grifka was a uh, Santa Claus to Moose, but would have been Grinch to uh, his boy Rondé Barber. But uh, yeah. I knew that was your coat, so that was nice of you to hand it off, let it let it yeah. see somebody else uh, get some national TV exposure for that thing. I I thought you, um, you know, would rock that at your work Christmas party. Handed it off. Yeah. <laughs> well, Grifka, I mean, I got no questions. This team has annoyed me too much for questions today. We went over the game, a terrible loss by our lines. What was it? I think you were right on the money. We both were right on the money. I had 28-14. You had like 24-9 to or 10, something like that. So I think we were right there in the game, but uh, definitely was not a fun one to watch. Not a good effort by our lines at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to move on. You know, one more week. I mean, I know it sounds bad, but at least it's the Packers up in Lambeau. <laughs> well, everybody, I mean, we've been hanging in here. It's been a really tough season. It's been fun doing the Kool-Aid cast, though. So, like Rivka said, we got one more football game. We're going to come back to you Friday previewing the Screen Bay game. we got to deal with that guy number 12 because he's out there fighting for his guys or whatever the heck he said. You know, a lot of me and my buddies, we're always rooting on our team, but at this point – we're keeping our eye on that draft pick and just uh, going to see what happens this week. But uh, it's been tough, Grifka. We'll catch the people back on Friday. You got any parting words? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> All right, Grifka always he always ends with a bang. So everybody, uh, you know, hang in there with us. We definitely still love our Lions, even though it's uh, like I say energy's down. It's been tough, and uh, we'll be coming back at you Friday for a preview and. Packer game and talking all things Lions. So, everybody, take care. Detroit Kool Aid Cast, everybody, we're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man.